So, hello, come back. So now I sort of deserve to run with that day's podcast. Today we're watching another video. Yes, and it is hopefully also going to be available for quite, quite some time on the podcast before I get fucked in the ass. Um, it's Tim, Tim Ferriss, uh, and the Q&A. I do really enjoy, really, really, really heavily enjoy his Q&As because it gives him and also, well, us dear. The, the opportunity to, well, um, know what is going on in his head, what he's thinking about, what he finds important, what his um, his insights are. I mean, having so many interviews with so many um, interesting people, don't want to necessarily say successful because you know, what is success, you know, define success for me. Um, but very interesting and also very useful and definitely also very precious this content i mean it is two hours it is not nothing you know it is it is really quite something and also when you are able to get your question answered i mean brands many brands many big brands have have paid him for his um advisory so it it really is worth something you know definitely nothing to uh to overlook there I think um, I think I think I think that I am gonna start with coffee versus tea. I have myself gone through a bit of it already, but um, not fully, definitely not fully, but we're just gonna see. I do also dearly hope that the audio is not gonna be really loud now. It is called Q&A with Tim PR and Marketing Lessons, Time Dilation Selling to the Affluent and much more. So this is my source by Tim Ferriss, uploaded on October 12th, 2022. Tea over coffee these days from Ryan. My rule is one, I get one coffee in the morning these days. Coffee really keeps me up late at night, uh, more so than it should, given the caffeine content. I can have an equivalent amount of caffeine through other sources, whether it's even energy drinks or iced tea, and it will not keep me up in the way that coffee does. So as it stands right now, I'm having one cold brew from Starbucks in the morning uh, before 10 a.m. That's a rule. And then after that, it's iced tea. Am I cold? I'm being asked. Beanie and hoodie. Yeah, it's fucking freezing where I am. <laughs> so yeah, I'm cold. And I'm bald. So hence the beanie. All right, let's keep going. From Jeff, Steve Vai would be an awesome interview. Vai is unbelievable and spiritual. I believe it. I've seen him interviewed. He's excellent. So maybe that'll happen at some point. Justin asks, any comments or observations on limiting alcohol intake? I have been limiting alcohol intake quite a bit. Uh, I actually have had my first drinks in a month beginning three or four days ago. So in prep for the higher altitude and extensive hiking and so on, I did not want to compromise my sleep getting ready for that. And I, um, I think he is about to hike in, uh, might actually be Mexico. I don't know. It's just really high altitude and really high altitude means not that much much oxygen and apparently there is some device that he has used to uh, train himself and you know basically train his lungs to function rather 
know rather well and or at least better um for those high altitudes uh that was a question on that i biggest takeaway from my own work um but anyway so just the context here i thought it would be a good aesthetic practice slash proof of non-dependence to take a 30-day break from alcohol so i took a 30-day break from alcohol felt great and I know that alcohol, especially once it gets past two drinks, obliterates sleep. So I have experimented with other options. Number one is simply not having alcohol, just having peppermint tea or whatever I might want to have for flavor at a dinner, which is perfectly fine most of the time. Uh, I'm also looking at other options. There are some ketone beverages, which are non-ethanol-based alcoholic beverages, if that makes any sense, where you can actually get a buzz from, say, I think it's R-butane diol or an R13 butane diol. Let me just see what... Uh, yeah, so 13 butane diol, also known as R13 butane diol, is not great in my experience for performance at all but it can give you a slight buzz. And don't, please do not, this is not food consumption advice. 1,3-butane dial is used mainly as a solvent for food flavors. So <laughs> FYI, right? So there are a number of brands that sell R-butane 1,3-dial. I'm, I'm mixing up all of my, my chemistry here. So there are some brands that sell hard ketone drinks. And I have been experimenting with those as an alternative to... Um, I don't know if it is Scriptet. So the um, the CC, the... Oh, what the fuck are the captions? Um, but the caption says keto drink, um, not ketone. So keto as ketogenic diet. Um, but something that is really interesting, I think, is that the uh, um, the state that one is in when being drunk is apparently still something to to look for, even though you're basically having everything. You know, uh, I mean, he's having enough money, he's having enough success. Uh, doesn't necessarily make him, I guess, the most happy person there is. I certainly think that he is, and hopefully, he is quite happy at the time but i uh, would say that it is quite interesting to see that it is still something to um you know maybe to seek and or to to have in mind to to enjoy to like you ethanol I mean, which just you know totally makes sense by the way but anyway all based drinks right like a gin tonic or something like that it does seem like the hard ketone drinks, if consumed close to bedtime, will still negatively affect sleep. So if I consume alcohol, I try to do, whether it's the, the hard ketones or ethanol, I try to consume it on the early side. So if I'm having an early dinner, say 5.30 or 6, I want to give my body and my liver time to metabolize as much as possible before I lay down to bed. And... That means I'll go out to dinner, and if I'm going to have a drink, as I did yesterday, for instance. Actually, I had two glasses of wine last night, and I, I sat at the bar instead of at a table so I wouldn't be rushed. 
And I had two drinks while writing for about 30 minutes before getting my food. Because what I didn't want to do is have one drink with an appetizer, eat a huge entree, and have two or three more drinks just to feel the buzz. And ultimately, all of that lands on my system and needs to be dealt with. So those are a few of the thoughts I have, but I have dramatically cut back on my alcohol consumption. And that might change. I mean, depending on where I go, if I'm going to Italy and I'm going to be eating pasta and drinking wine everywhere, then I'm going to drink wine everywhere. You know, it's not not a big deal to me. But as it stands right now, I have cut back very substantially. He also pointed out, uh, might have been a Q&A, might have just, you know, been kind of in a regular episode, that um, his advice for his 20-year-old self would be not to drink that much. So um, <laughs> might say something, but uh, I think it is also totally fine. I would... Um, I would certainly say that you do you. And um, if and I mean, if there is somebody, some, some person that you know, and, and you kind of feel like, well, this person shouldn't drink that much, whether it is um, a mom or dad or a friend or whatever, um, at some point it is you to you. And I'm, I mean, of course, unless somebody else gets hurt or you clearly see that there is some damage being taken. But yeah, period. All right. Stephanie suggests visiting Shaved Ice Island in South Austin. Life-changing Thai tea shaved ice on the menu. I'm into it. I'll check it out. All right. Cherie, I think is the name here. I hope I'm getting that down properly. With your various endeavors into hobbies, have you ever tried archery? And if so, any directions as to books, teachers, etc. to check out? Specifically looking at traditional longbow. Yes, I have looked quite closely at archery. And I've been spending the last several months going deep down quite a few rabbit holes related to archery. I have one, two, three, four, five, five or six bows. No, more, seven, eight. Probably eight bows within 500 feet of where I'm sitting. So yes, I've been getting into it. That includes a traditional longbow made by someone named Byron Ferguson, who's who has a, a lot of incredible video online. And... I believe Byron has a book called Becoming, Become the Arrow. Let me see. Yeah, Become the Arrow. I also remember some book, it you know, might have been just a nonfiction book, as far as I remember, that was, yes, and or it was by James Clear, something like that, um, that used archery as a really great analogy what the, the book was trying to say and was trying to to get across which um you know which actually might be a very good example of fictional books being quite good as non-fiction if this makes sense you know to um to show the reader something i might actually be able to find that archery analogy analytics yes definitely <laughs> and uh uh, G or analogy well a common analogy in an archer shooting arrows at the target if the archer shoots three arrows in a tight group his shooting would be considered precise the accuracy of the archer would be determined by the location of the group of arrows 
from thunderbuilt.edu. Stoicism and the Art of Archery by John Sellers. You know, from the modernstoicism.com site, so it might just be what I've been searching for. It might also just not be what I've been searching for. Maybe let's actually see. Take the case of one whose task is to shoot a spear or arrow straight at some target. One's ultimate aim is to do all in one's power to shoot straight, and the same applies with our ultimate goal. In this kind of example, it is to shoot straight, that one must do all one can. Nonetheless, it is to do all one can to accomplish a task that is really the ultimate aim. It is just the same with what we call the supreme good in life, to actually hit the target, as we say, to be selected but not sought. But this was not necessarily um, what I've been searching for. Um, <laughs> James Clear. James. Clear. I don't know why I have this feeling that it was something that he pointed out. The Art of Attention and Focus from a Samurai Archer. This really sounds like what I've been searching for. And it was one of those articles that I really, really deeply enjoyed. Because of one particular line. Great archery masters often teach that everything is aiming. Where you place your feet, how you hold the bow, the way you breathe during the release of the arrow, it all determines the end result. The Enemy of Improvement. The art of Senshin and everyday life. There it is. We live in a world obsessed with results. Like Harigel or whatever, we have a tendency to put so much emphasis on whether or not the arrow hits the target. If, however, we put that intensity and focus and sincerity into the process where we place our feet, how we hold the bow, how we breathe during the release of the arrow, then hitting the bullseye is simply a side effect. The point is not to worry about hitting the target, the point is to fall in love with the boredom of doing the work and embrace each piece of the process. The point is to take the moment of Senshin, that moment of complete awareness and focus and carry it with you every day in life. The enemy of improvement is neither failure nor success. The enemy of improvement is boredom, fatigue and lack of concentration. The enemy of improvement is a lack of commitment to the process because the process is everything. And yeah, with that being said, I'm probably going to end the episode here. Wish you the best and see you soon. So bye bye.